When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that that you also should do just as I have done to you. That comes from John 13. So we're talking about service today, Mm. namely in how serving is pursuing in marriage. The trick with service is that we don't serve to get something out of the other person, right? And so in marriage conversations like these, we can say, hey, serve your spouse because if you serve your spouse, you're going to have a better marriage, you're going to have a happier marriage, or Mm. you're going to get the thing you want from them, whether that's (laughs) connection, sex, uh, you know, whatever, conversation. That's not service. Mm, That's manipulation. It is. A little bit, right? Yes. Go back two episodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't manipulate each other by serving each other, but instead we pursue each other by serving each other. And there's a a difference there. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk through three ways that Jesus gives us and kind of instructs us through this example of washing his disciples' feet. And we're hoping it will be an elucidating episode for you, and we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Service is not sexy, I don't think. (laughs) I think it's one of those, it feels kind of like a necessary, you know, it's not spark notes of how to have a good marriage (laughs) service is not usually in those notes i feel like but it it, it is and i just think we we underestimate it i guess that's just our own experience sometimes of you know service is one of those things that can really draw Mm. you together and i think unite you Mm. and your spouse um but it's just it's not usually very glamorous or exciting sometimes yeah as a topic i think it gets it gets uh kind of pushed to the bottom yeah overlooked is a good way to think about it (laughs) But you have often said that you you find me attractive when when I'm in the midst of serving you, whether it's you've never been sexier. <laughs> how I care for the kids, or how I clean up after a meal, or whatever that that looks like. So in that sense, Woo! I think service is Lordy. sexiness. But the topic of service is not something that I mean. You're listening to this podcast, so something <laughs> interested you. But it's not like you could have a podcast that's all about service, right? Because I think people tend to, to overlook it because it is a little bit grating on our selfishness. Mm. It, it grates against our selfishness. Um, speaking of selfishness. Oh, uh, goodness. <laughs> we, we've, let's talk about ourselves for a minute. <laughs> it's been a tough couple of days. It's been a tough couple of days. Yeah, we're emo- emotionally drained, Selena. I think you're particularly emotionally drained. Um, we have a dog. Her name is Macy. Uh, she's an Australian Shepherd, and we've had her for going on 15 years. And uh, when when I when so did you get her? I, when did I get her for you and surprise you? You surprised me with this dog, a puppy, puppy. A, a little white, white and gray and black, a little fluffy little Australian Shepherd. Uh, it was after we had gotten back from. Uh, Switzerland. We, if you don't know our story, we moved over there. Um, Selena got a job there as an au pair slash groom. I was a tag along hire. I got very sick, ended up almost dying. Um, literally, I'm not exaggerating there. 
We got home. We were broke. We had all this debt, medical bills, all this kind of stuff. So what do you do when you're living in your parents' <laughs> house that's for sale and you just got jobs? Obviously, you buy a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Selena had bought me this little puppy. and On um, trial, we had a deposit. <laughs> I was and like, we could take her back. It took me like three minutes to say, yeah, we're keeping this dog. <laughs> just the sweetest little puppy. Well, she came over to you and just sat right next to you in mm. the one beanbag chair in the house yeah. that was for sale. <laughs> we had. Yeah. Oh, it was good times. Oh, man. And she, um, anyway, she's not doing well. And uh, as we speak, she is uh, kind of, she is currently... We're deciding at what point... She doesn't seem to be uncomfortable, but we're deciding... Uh, quality of quality life. of life, yeah. So it's been hard, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, to be candid, um, we're emotional. We've had an emotional morning, and if you've ever had a dog, you understand. Um, or if you just like animals, you understand. And to be candid, um, this episode is a labor of love. We wanted to just blow it off this week because we've had no margin in our lives. So um, anyway, we're here, and we're actually going through a chapter. So the, 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 the in-between for us was we're going through a chapter in our book, uh, Our Husband and Wife in Pursuit. So it's actually day 13 for both, husband and wife. These books are all about pursuing each other in the way that Christ has pursued us and how marriage is a means um, to learn that. So anyway, that's what we're going through today is serving is pursuing. That's interesting because I feel served out, if that is a term mm. I can use. I feel kind of, oh, so I get sad. <laughs> But, it's okay. Yeah, just feel kind of empty on a lot of levels. I don't like crying on the podcast. Everybody knows this. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. So there you go. There's some honesty. Yeah. Anyways, it's interesting. I feel very served out. Like I just kind of feel emptied. Um, yeah, on a lot of levels. But the interesting thing is that we're looking at John 13, and like this is right before Jesus goes to the cross. I mean, talk about fully being emptied right and and dying i'm not saying that i'm there obviously i'm not facing death but i mean it just shows how much jesus loves us and gives for us and did all the way up until the end so yeah and to give a little bit more context to our youngest louisa very healthy strong but has been very needy and yes Selena, you've been serving on every level um not just our family but other families as well and so um it's usually good it just kind of feels like a lot sometimes in some moments and you hit these moments where it all it's kind of a perfect storm so yeah so we'll we'll talk through this we'll read through that scripture again um i want to do a little bit of housekeeping i've been very encouraged um give selena give you a chance to kind of gather yourself (laughs) i know you don't like being put on the spot thank you um uh, I've been very encouraged by our patrons. So we've had an influx of patrons this last week. If that's you, thank you so much. We can't say it enough. Yeah. Um, here's why it's important. And this is why we've chosen to go this route instead of advertising. The message of the gospel is, that, is at stake in this. We've said this many times, but we see marriage as an excuse to talk about the things of God, to present the gospel to people in a place of need, in a place of felt need, namely their relationship. Now, we didn't start out with that, but that's how this mission has evolved. Yeah. And so patrons are people who have partnered with us on patreon.com slash fierce marriage. And basically they're saying that this content's important enough that we're going to get behind it. And we're going to support you uh, not through buying products, but by just monthly committing ourselves, committing Mm. our family to supporting your family um, because this message is important. And the reason why I say it's at stake is because uh, we're in a, we're in a weird moment right now um, in terms of what's happening 
politically, Socially, geopolitically, yeah. socially, and all the unrest. And it, Jesus and the gospel, and anytime you have absolute truth, that is not going to be a popular thing yeah. in a postmodern culture. And so, but we are committed to um, to proclaiming the truth of the gospel, no matter what it costs our family, no matter what it costs us, because it is truth, and it is the best way to love others mm-hmm. is to present them with the gospel. Um, and, and in this context, in the marriage context. So all that being said, thank you to our patrons. And if you feel like being a part of that, uh, we'd be honored. But we did want to make that case clear is that it's not just about money, people. It's about keeping yeah. this message going and making a statement. And this is this is our whole profession. Yeah. Um, I've actually quit our other job. I, I had a side thing doing web development. That's officially shut down because mm. we're all in on this thing. <laughs> and so um, anyway, if you have a heart for that and God leads you, just go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There are perks and benefits. Don't do it for that. Do it because God leads you. Uh, starts $2 a month on up. Um, also, another way you can support is by leaving a comment, leading, leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. Um, they, they mean a ton to us and other listeners. So um, with that said, what do you think? Should we jump into this topic? You know how I like to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long, long runway there. But uh, like That's I said, right. it's, it's been an extraordinary week and a half for us. So definitely let's read the scripture again, because I find it just so helpful this time. You want to sure. read it? Um, so John thirteen twelve through 15, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then... Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you sh- also should do just as I have done to you. I just, I'm, I love how Jesus is teaching and instructing here. It's just such a beautiful picture of, do you understand what I've done to you? Mm. Like he's not saying, I'm doing this to you. I, I imagine, you know, just my own self trying to teach kids how to read or something. It's like, yeah. you don't ask, you don't tell them so much as you ask them because then they begin to own that information, yeah. you know, and they, it gets, it's true in their heart. It becomes clear in their mind. And Jesus is just, again, once again, the perfect teacher and saying, do you understand what I've done to you? Yeah. You call me these things. You say that I am this and you're right. Mm. I am. So if then, right, if I am this person, then um, I'm, you, you, I, I'm asking you to do the same that I've, that I've done. If you believe this, then I'm asking you this. Which, uh, who would raise their hand, uh, who's listening to this and say, yeah, I call Jesus my Lord. I call him my savior. Mm. If we call him these things, then we should, there should be an outpouring of that in our actual lives. So mm. that the, the reality of the fullness, the full gravitas of that reality of Christ's lordship should bear fruit. And actually, I'm reading through, I think I read through John 1 or 1 John the whole book of first John the other mm. day for my devotions. And the, the whole of that book is, and I don't have my notes in front of me, shoot, but so much of it is saying, and this is also true in first and second Peter, but so much of it is saying, uh, if this reality is a reality in your life, there mm. should be an, an, an outflow of it. That's where we get the whole walk in the light as he is in the light. So we have fellowship with one another. We'll be cleansed from all righteousness. That's first John one. Uh, I think it's like chapter five or verse five and six. Anyway, the whole point is saying that, like, if you say these things, if you call me Christ, if you the Christ in terms of I am the Messiah, if you call me your Lord, your Savior, mm. then you should serve like I'm serving you. So he is giving us an example, mm-hmm. but he's also doing so much more. And that's what I want to kind of dive into here 
in the well, three yeah, when ways. he's saying if if you believe this, then this should this should be the automatic like outpouring. Mm-hmm. Which again, on the flip, like if you're hearing that and you're asking yourself, you should we should be asking ourselves, well, if I'm not responding this way, why? Like if I'm not res- if he's saying if you know me and you if you call me teacher, like I am mm. instructing you and Lord, I am your authority, then you should be doing as I am doing. And if I, for me, I'm like if I'm hesitant, why am I hesitant? Why do I feel mm. like? what he's saying is something I can't do, um, in my marriage. Right. I don't know how to quote unquote, wash my husband's feet and serve him. Why? What are the, what are the Mm. obstacles that are keeping me from being obedient? Obedient to Christ. To Christ. Yes. Sorry. Uh, so what are some ways that we can serve each other in marriage? I mean, you just opened up a little bit of a door there. So let's talk through that. So I serve, I think we can serve each other through acts of service. That's one of the love languages that, uh, Gary, Chapman talks about um, being acts of service, and we've talked about like so, I washed. Oh, it's yeah. not Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas is the is, is a sacred Garys. marriage guy. We get the Garys. <laughs> the Garys. <laughs> Doctor Gary Chapman. So, uh, which obviously it's a great book. It's a perennial like, kind of classic book on relationships and love. Mm-hmm. So that's things like that would include things like you're tired. Let me clean up after yeah. dinner. Or you're tired. Let me take the kids off. You're tired. You in this way. Just, or you're just tired. me. <laughs> Is there another example? Or, I love you. I would love to do something <laughs> great for you right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tiredness on the brain, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so there's that kind of service uh, that plays out in marriage. I think there's also we serve each other by but we talk a lot about being charitable toward each other and mm. having being generous in our assumptions. Mm-hmm. I think we can serve each other in that way. I think one clear example is if, uh, you know, uh, in your sex life, you're feeling like you're not getting everything you had hoped for from your sex life and your spouse obviously has something to do with that. Um, you could assume that they hate you and they're avoiding you and they don't love you anymore and they don't want to be close to you. I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. Those just feel like really big assumptions, <laughs> okay. just big okay. leaps and I'm, jumps. But yes, no, I I'm, see the picture you're painting. Thank you. The caricature that I'm painting yes. here. Um, or you could look at it and say, hey, we've had a really rough week. I, I believe and I trust that my spouse still loves me. I mm. trust that he or she still wants to be with me. I trust that they're not trying to somehow punish me. Right. That's called being. That's, I think that would be serving each other in how you are uh, perceiving that. Because anytime you choose selflessness mm. over selfishness, I feel like it's is an opportunity to serve and is an example of of service. Right, and it's trusting. I think God's word versus what you feel. So mm. I may feel that I'm if I'm giving to you, it's going to take away from me, right, or my energy or my mm. what I want to do. But when God in this instance of being able to serve one another, choosing the path of service and selflessness is mm. always rewarded. It, there's always a deepening um, joy that can happen, mm. I think, uh, which would encourage me to trust more and more. But yeah. I think my, hesit- my hesitancy and my default, if I'm honest, is to just not and to do what I want to do and what I feel like doing. Yeah. It's so countercultural and, I, I want to just point out the the significance of this being our savior. Okay, every other worldview, every other religion is a, a religion of ascent. 
right? Where you're raising, you're going through the levels of ascent, mm-hmm. whether it's ascent through your behavior and your righteousness, or it's ascent through your level of enlightenment, mm-hmm. thinking of like Buddhism, or it's ascent through some sort of progression through the spiritual ranks. And here we have a savior who has descended, mm-hmm. who has condescended, right? Down into, into, into humanity. We're seeing that here in this depiction of his service. And we are being called to the same thing. So it's this bottom up mm. leadership, right? It's yeah. upside down leadership. Yeah. Upside down. Um, and just our savior, the, our king, our God, not just this man, Jesus. It's God. Yeah. In, in God in the flesh, Jesus. Right. Serving disciples. I mean, well, how profound is that? Right. And I think that. I'm trying to understand like service in terms of a hierarchy in some ways, right? The in in God's economy, like the 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 first is the last. The leader is actually the biggest servant, right? And so, <clears throat> which is what we see in Christ, yeah, right. And so I'm thinking like in marriage, you know, we're equal. Not one of us is not like the Christ in our marriage. And so how are we how are we coming alongside each other and serving one another? in a way when we're I'm just okay so I'm picturing Jesus washing their feet and and metaphorically he's washing the dirt of the day off of their feet yes and I'm thinking well, how literally he is literally right yeah sorry yes. and so metaphorically I'm thinking as a married couple how do we do this how do we emulate Christ with each other in this sort of instance hmm. the 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 dirt of the day being you know our sin our selfishness or just some of the struggles that we're facing that we may not be sinning actively in but just we're tired right we're mm. overwhelmed we're empty how how can we serve each other in that instance that's so interesting cuz you're right we are equals in terms of we have equal value worth and importance and that we you and I husband and wife any husband and wife are made in the image of God and Jesus here um, is taken on flesh, mm-hmm. right? And there's a verse uh, that says, though he though he, he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, mm. which that jumped into my mind when you started talking about equality in terms of our humanity. Mm. And so there is kind of, this is what I love about the gospel, is it levels, completely levels the playing field. There's mm. not a pyramid scheme. It's Christ is our head and everyone else is mm. on the same plane below him. In terms of we're all saved by grace, we mm. all serve him. He is the head of our church. Of course, we submit ourselves to church leadership, and we submit mm-hmm. ourselves to the other institutional authorities, namely family, church, and state, and that's all good stuff. But in terms of how, to answer your question, how do we serve each other as equals, I think we just see opportunities, and we jump in to fill those gaps, those opportunities, those moments when you could um, benefit from... Well, yeah, we can serve each other through walking through each other's sin together, right? Like, and repentance, that whole cycle. I think there's an aspect of service that maybe we overlook and we should be talking about today a little bit of highlighting, again, the day's dirt of uh, that's on our feet, the things that mm. we just, that are just there and sometimes we don't notice them as much or yeah. we've just allowed them to be there. Like, how, how do I not lord it over you and say, hey, let me, I, I got to wash your feet. They're so dirty. Like we do with our kids, right? They run in the house. You're like, ah, let me wipe your feet off or something. They're so dirty. Where Jesus comes and he comes humbly and he comes mm-hmm. to them and he's he's walking them through this and he's not lording it over them when he, of all people, would have that opportunity. Hmm. And just the way he uses service, because service is always kind of looked at and I don't want to stay here too long, I guess, but looked at as 
um, the lesser, right, of the people who serve are less than the people who are being served. Where Christ is saying the one who serves is like the greatest among you. Mm. Yeah, and we'll see kind of his react or kind of what can be assumed about the disciple who would who would have refused mm. to wash feet in mm-hmm. this instance, and that sometimes we do that. So let's get into these three ways that we see Christ um, I, I teaching us. Right, the three key uh, truths that we that we can learn from from this example. So uh, the first one. Um, again, this comes from our book. This is honestly, it's just, it's day 13 of husband in pursuit and wife in pursuit. If this strikes a, co- strikes a chord, excuse me, just go to 31daypursuit.com. Mm. You can learn more. Uh, anyway, so the first one is, uh, Jesus' actions had foreshadowed his ultimate act of servanthood through his death on the cross. So mm. they know he's God, or at least they know that in their heads, right? They're coming to believe it more in their hearts. And he's foreshadowing to them this great act of service. Mm. Right, and and that's not a. I just want to read this as an ancient culture. Culture, and you had mentioned this. Feet were generally filthy and particularly exposed during meals as people reclined at low tables. So, they're not sitting on chairs. Mm. They're more. They're more likely, according to that culture, sitting around a low table, but on pillows mm-hmm. of sorts. So their right? feet are kind of just right there. Yeah. So they're reclining back. They're they might have their feet to the side. Obviously, their feet aren't on the table, but they might be exposed One would in help. some way. I don't know. <laughs> you don't Unless know. you're Clementine. <laughs> Uh, and so the washing of their feet uh, before these meals was was almost it's customary, but it's almost like a prerequisite to eating a meal and enjoying the meal. Because you think about feet and the smells that they bring, especially if you're walking in the streets. In yeah, the streets sandals, of the day, yeah, they were filthy because they were dirty, but also because of human waste, animal waste. Yeah, uh, all everything the was just stuff. poured out into the streets. Yeah, so John, here we see he's very intentional in describing how Jesus prepared to wash his feet. And it says, he laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel. This is from John 13, verse 4. We didn't read this. He laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel. He tied it around his waist. Okay, so he then used that towel to wipe their feet dry after washing. So I had asked this question a while back when I studied this. Is why did Why did John include that part about the towel? <laughs> It, it it seems like it's one of those things that if that's the normal practice, it's like if I said, hey, hey, you washed your car, right? I wouldn't include like Selena got the bucket, put soap in the bucket, Once filled it up with water. you're trying to hit a word count. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> John was clearly trying to hit a word count here. The Bible editors were, he had to hit 60,000 words. <laughs> no, but there was a reason he did that, right? Yeah. He wanted to make a point to the audience that he knew would be reading this this gospel and so, uh, and apparently, I think, I, again, I'm processing through it. There's obviously more to it. Uh, could be true. Okay, this is, this, I read this in a commentary, um, but I'm just kind of asking this question. It could be true that Jesus' removal of his outer garment or his robe, and a lot of times the outer garment was kind of considered like a mantle, mm-hmm. right? In these times, and attaching the towel is signified a removal as, of his of this divine mantle or his role in heaven, right? His he was still holy God, fully man, mm-hmm. but he had uh, he was not acting as God in this capacity. I, I, I don't mean to be sloppy with my words there, but he wasn't. He was laying down kind of his divine right in that in, in that instance, right? Mm-hmm. His role in heaven and his donning of humanity for the work to come on the cross. Okay, so could that be sim- symbolic? Hmm. He's taken off his outer garment. He's wrapped this towel around his waist. And it's a clean, pure, white towel. I'm assuming it's white because I'm picturing like terry cloths. It's probably not white. It's probably 
some other color, but it's right. clean, presumably. And he's going to use this towel to now clean the filth off of us mm. in an act of service. Mm. Okay, so he's that's a foreshadowing of it. Now, what does it have to do with marriage? <laughs> I think it helps us understand that our Savior is a sacrificial Savior. He's a servant. He's a servant. He's our servant King, and. It's it's so humbling. Again, we've talked about this many times, the parable of the unforgiving servant and how we tend to, if we have self-righteous thoughts for over each other, meaning that you, I deserve this or you don't deserve this mm. because of some moral standing, this should alleviate that burden, that that false that falseness in our own hearts where mm-hmm. we forget that we are uh, just as in need of grace. We are just as in need of this servant king that mm. we see here mm-hmm. and that he is calling us to serve each other in the same way. So I, I think this first one really does level the field for us in marriage. Right. And that if you're in a marriage where you feel like your husband or your wife have continually failed you, mm. whether it's through an infidelity or through a betrayal or through some sort of just inadequacy. Lack of service, lack of, yeah, valuing. Yeah. Yeah. We can't of... really hold that over them in a moral sense. Sure. Um, Which is hard to do. Yeah, it's really hard hard to do. Because, Mm. yeah. Um, Okay, so that to me sets the stage now for true service. Because now we can see each other as equals in that sense. And Mm. that we, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that that make sense? Yeah. I'm just thinking through your example and how the Bible commentary was talking also about, um, like the washing of the feet was not something that was typically done at the table. And it was done kind of as you walked in, like we remove our shoes when you go into a house. And I think the custom, the customary thing to do in that time was to have like the host would have water set out so they would be able to wash their feet and come in. Hmm. And so the fact that Jesus is coming around and washing each of their feet is there's just a, a, a rich symbolism there obviously Mm. and it's a foreshadowing again like we said of his ultimate act uh, through death on a cross i mean our king died on a cross a human cross like a divine king came down and died on a a human death for us so that we could be reconciled back to god so that we could have a like life eternally with him and so what does that say about service what does that say what where does that put that role of how we love each other and how we serve each other. It puts it at the forefront. Right. And and what's important in our lives and that we can stop seeking our own selfish gain and Mm. we can seek each other's. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Each other's selfish gain. (laughs) No, we can seek to serve one another because, yeah, I think we can very easily get lost in our own needs. And I'm not saying that we should ignore our needs in order to serve one another, but I think serving another person can often alleviate some of those things that we might, those deep needs that we feel. Does that make sense? Like sometimes mm-hmm. I think the, it's like the one thing we need is to not look at what we need, but to actually look to the needs of others and how that kind of brings about some clarity sometimes. And it also brings, it puts things into perspective and it takes the focus off of me, not saying like, I need sleep, therefore I'm going to go give someone else sleep. Well, no, just take care of like your physical needs and all of that. But if I'm kind of just emotionally looking at myself all the time and mm. emotionally just trying to figure things out all the time, sometimes I feel like that can be very circular without looking to Christ and looking and asking him to, 
you know, wh- how can I serve in this instance maybe, which again is not the most default thing that I go to. It's not, yeah. I'm not going to say, Oh, how can I serve when I'm feeling terrible about myself and my life or something? No, but I think that in serving one another, we can then lift our eyes from kind of yeah. what we might be feeling stuck in. Does that seem more clear? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think that speaks to the second big truth that we can glean from this from this scene that, that is unfolding here. Is that the second big truth is that Jesus was countering the proud attitudes of the disciples. Mm. So he sensed he got he went in there and he sensed the proud attitudes. Mm. And of course, him being God and being <laughs> obviously very close to these disciples. Yes. Um, it was a keen observation. So what's really cool and interesting is you look in Luke, and there is a parallel account of this. Mm. And so in Luke twenty two twenty four, 24, uh, they're actually fighting over who would be regarded as the greatest. I don't know if you want to pull it up real fast. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Um, Luke twenty two twenty four. Let's okay. see. It's right here. Look at you. A little Bible. Hear those pages, people? <laughs> Hear the pages <laughs> Just turn. in case. <laughs> uh, oops. There's a lot of verses in chapter 22, like 60-something. Okay, twenty two twenty four. Uh, who is the greatest? A dis- a dispute also rose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, "The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater? One- for who is the greater? One who reclines at a table, at- or one who serves?" Mm. Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those. No, you're good. Okay. You are those who have stayed with me in my trials, and I assign to you, as my father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So okay. yeah, but it's, it gets it back into the um, Jew, Jewish history there. So. His example of humility. So picture this. Okay. Again, we're think we're talking about marriage, talking about kind of our right to experience, uh, being served, right? Or Christ's right to experience being served. Mm-hmm. He walks in here. He gets the sense that everybody's got kind of this high and mighty sort of attitude. There's a little bit of pride going on. He sees the d- dynamic. <laughs> uh, and then in the parallel account, like Selena just read, they are asking who will be regarded as the great mm. greatest. And then what does he do? He takes off his garment. He puts on the towel and he starts washing their feet. This would have shocked them. This would have utterly shocked well, them. I, the I, example I, of humility and servanthood. It's and, hard not to read it and just be like, Jesus is just like, boom, I'm the greatest. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Like, well, but he is. Well, he, he only, is, absolutely. But And so he's their teacher. Not only is he their teacher, but he and he's their, he's their Messiah. He's the one they've been following. He's the miracle worker. He is the Christ. And now he's calling them on their pride and mm-hmm. then serving them to show them the way out of it. And so he didn't just tell them, hey, you need to wash his feet. You know what? Simon, you need to wash James's feet right now. <laughs> his are really be- dirty. Because Yours you know okay. what? You're in, you're a mess. You need to be humbled. So wa-. instead, he shows them. Yeah. And he so he's not just teaching us and telling us. He's showing us. Mm-hmm. Which And then it goes on to what you said. Jesus used his own example to remind them that he is, uh, th- that the leader is the one who serves. In other words, he's, he's identifying himself as the Christ, but then he's calling them to be uh, servant leaders in the mm. same way. So like you said earlier, in mm-hmm. God's economy, the greatest are the least, the richest are the poorest, the last shall be first. 
He was discrediting their proud attitudes and refocusing them on what matters most mm. to God. How countercultural is that? Okay, so we think about... Well, and especially in, in the marriage arena, you know, there's just so much of... I think we deal with some entitlement, even in our own hearts. Um, we divvy up the daily chores. We divvy up the yeah. t- me time, right? We It's kind of... Yeah. We develop these tit for tat cultures like, well, if you get to do this on Saturday, then I get to do this on Sunday. And it's, I think that we, we overlook service and how it can be such a gift, uh, of generosity as well as a way of pursuing one another. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because I feel like when I give to you, you're more gracious and ready and willing to give to me. And I'm not saying that as a manipulation tactic. It really just, it, it softens the heart. It, um, what's the word that you always, you, uh, not decompress. <laughs> oh, diffuses. Diffuses. Yeah. yeah. It diffuses situations. Yeah. Um, and it can diffuse any bitterness and, and pride that could be puffing up in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that it, it it's like, it's di- very disarming too. When you, if we are having a fight even, and one of us, again, very raw stuff here, but if one of us is fighting and we're arguing and someone says, listen, all right, I give up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay my, I'm going to serve you in this way. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Even though I could probably argue myself mm-hmm. into a place of rightness, I could probably make my own case, but I'm not going to make my own case. Instead, I'm going to say that I care more about you. I care more, more about seeing this conflict resolved and us reconciled. Mm-hmm. That's a way you can serve your spouse. Right. And that's oftentimes that's the hardest when you're just like gritting your teeth and you're white knuckling right. the thing. You don't want to let it go. Uh, that's the time to let it go. Right. Well, I was just reading one of my, re- it's reread and reflect, you know, on today's scripture. It says, what are your thoughts? And I wrote um, back a while, Christ's example is vivid. He's flesh, quote unquote. She shows that um, his flesh shows and that he gets down and dirty in the name of service, pursuit, and love. And I think mm-hmm. that we are... He's calling us to that and he's calling. And I think in our marriage is where we really experience this in a deep way because I can experience it on a friendship level, but it's not the same with your, when you experience it with your spouse, when you get down and dirty. And I don't mean that in a vulgar, like sexual tone. I mean, you're getting down in the grime, right? Of the day to day dirt that's on your, your feet, your, your spouse's feet. And you're saying, let me wash your feet. Let me serve you in this way. Let me help you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it takes a humility, you know, I mean, yes, Jesus was like, boom, I'm the greatest, but he didn't say it like that. You know, they're like, who's the greatest? Well, the greatest is the servant. And then he just goes and does it and shows them. And I think that we can't overlook that. And when we're, I'm just trying to think in marriage specifically, it's so hard to serve one another. I think that's probably one of the hardest things because, Sometimes sin would have us just battle each other, and sometimes sin would have us at a at a is it a dichotomy? Like we one's on one right. side, one's on the other, and we're just yep. like dukes up and everything. And Jesus is calling us to serve, <laughs> to well, again, lay down our our pride, right? And, and serve. that's part of what the example here is: is like you are all on equal mm-hmm. gra- footing here, mm-hmm. and it's not strong footing. You need to put your footing on my righteousness, Christ's. Anyway, we see some of that he calls as he calls them out. So he was countering the proud attitudes of the disciples. And the third um, the third lesson I think we can learn is that he reminded the disciples to follow the example by serving each other. So mm. that one's like feels like the most obvious, but consider again the scenario. 
in this culture, it was customary, like Selena said, to wash your feet before your meals. And so the the host would often put a, a bowl of water out, and people entering would mm-hmm. wash, and then they'd sit down. Well, that hadn't happened, okay? The the water hadn't been out. They hadn't already washed their feet. They're all sitting down. It was customary. It's like you don't – you're not going to eat a meal – I'm trying to think of a of a Western a modern Western world example of like a prerequisite to eating a meal. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking like if you walked into a friend's house and you, you were the guest and they had prepared this massive meal, this, it was this amazing thing. You wouldn't just walk in without saying anything. Grab a plate, dish your dish yourself up some food, sit down and just start chowing down without saying a word. Right? That would be right. incredibly rude. Right. So. In a similar way, you wouldn't sit down to a meal without washing your feet first. It would be incredibly rude. It would be very unsanitary. It was a prerequisite. It wasn't an option. It was something that had to be done. Yet, none of them had had their feet washed. Hmm. And none of them had volunteered to wash each other's feet. Just dirty men. It's a very... <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> just stinking it up in there. Just classic man. <laughs> man smell. <laughs> yeah. So... It, it was safe to assume that they had thought to it to do it, but none of them had acted on it mm. to, of washing any of their feet. And so Jesus is, is – and so basically they're saying, I'd rather not eat. They, they're saying by not – by their inaction, they're saying, I'd rather not eat than wash so-and-so's feet. Mm. I'd rather just sit here instead of taking the servant mm. role. Not only is it dirty, but it's also undesirable. It, it requires effort, and it's also an act of like submission to another mm. person. And that's an ugly thing. And I don't want to partake in that. And Jesus, instead, he embraces it. <laughs> he jumps in and he embraces it. And he te- so graciously shows us what it means to love each other the way that his economy would dictate. Right. And you said this a little bit before, but I just want to, I want to say it again in a different way of let's not let service be limited to simple acts of service. Mm-hmm. Like let service be in how you communicate to one another having charity in your communication, having yeah. charity in your assumptions about one another, extending grace, serving one another in that, you know, I'm going to extend grace here because I, I want to assume this bad thing, but I'm going to, I'm going right. to, you know, serve my marriage and probably serve my spouse in giving them charity. I'm going to serve, um, my own heart in a way to not go there. Like I'm really yeah. choosing a better path right now by not mm. I- embarking on those thoughts or those assumptions. That's good. Um, so I guess the challenge here in marriage would to not just let it be acts and, and doing things, but in our words and our speech and how we love, how are we, how are we serving? How, mm. how are we giving of ourselves? How are we submitting of ourselves? How are we dying to ourselves? And how are we embracing kind of the dirt, not yeah. just to like sit and play in dirt water, but to cleanse and to then sit and have relationship with mm. one another and break bread together. That's profound because that's that's really the end game mm-hmm. is you want to get to that communion with one another. That's mm-hmm. what the washing of the feet was all about is, is so we could get past this mm. and we could get into the meal. We could get into our relationship. Mm. Um, that's so profound. Um <laughs> I don't want to gloss over. I want to remind us, I want to remind the listeners as well mm. that this motivation in the service is so key, right? So where do we find motivation to do this? I'm thinking of the husband or the wife listening to this and they've thought, yeah, you know what? I've done that. Hmm. And still my spouse takes and they take and they take and they give nothing and they still talk to me 
in a really degrading way or they, you know, they still are not coming to the table, so to speak. Hmm. It's like I wash their feet and they go right outside and stomp they stomp in the mud, stomp around they in the mud, know that I'm watching. <laughs> and then they, they revel in the fact that I'm washing yeah. their feet now again. What does that spouse do? Hmm. How, where do you find the will to continue to serve? Hmm. And that's why it can't come from inside us. It has to come from outside us. And what I mean by that is that we serve because Christ first served us. He first loved us. We look at his example and we say, I do this as an act of worship, not unto my spouse, but an act of worship unto the God of the universe. So when I serve them, I'm doing it for their good because they are my beloved. I love this person, but I'm doing it ultimately as an act of obedience Mm. and reverence for the way God has shown me to serve and love others. So not letting their behavior and response dictate yes. the way you serve. Yes, because if I am only washing the dishes because I'm hoping that we will... going to get busy later. Yeah. Then That's what is manipulation. That? That's manipulation. <laughs> well, it's, it's trading. It's trading, yeah. And that is a very low view of love. Right. It's a very low view of who you are. It's mm. a very low view of what our marriage represents. But instead, if I'm washing the dishes because... I love you and I want to show you I love you because I recognize God's model for love and Mm. God's model for servant leadership as authoritative in my life. I'm going to wash the dishes and say, I love you. You're welcome. Mm. Period. In the same way, you're going to, we're going to, you're going to want to Mm. have physical intimacy because. (laughs) Because you wash those dishes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because of, because you understand love. Because you understand you see me for who I am. You understand that that is a... Uh, well, and I know that you know what this means to me. It's not just... And it's a wholesome fulfillment of right. a godly version of yes. God's definition of covenant. It's not just, okay, I get it, I get it. I'm going to have to put out later because you're doing <laughs> dishes. <laughs> or I know that this is a, a need, like I need to check it off for this week right. so that I'm a quote-unquote good wife. You see how the, the whole script flips? Yeah. When we start seeing our marriage as a means through which we worship the God of the universe mm. and service is one way that we do that. Mm. And so let me just recap these, these so um, three things we've learned real fast and then we'll, we'll pray and, and uh, we have some application questions for you. Okay. So we're looking at again, John 13, I'd encourage you to go back and read it. And if you want to do the parallel reading of uh, Luke 22, it's very good. Uh, obviously I can't recommend the Bible enough. Great book. <laughs> it's a great book, people. <laughs> okay. So we, John 13, 12, verses 12 through 15 is what we read. Uh, the first truth we see is that Jesus' actions foreshadowed the ultimate act of servanthood through his death on the cross. So it's a it's a contextualizing truth mm. that it is this ultimate service that he is, he is foreshadowing, this ultimate service that we are then to live in light of. The second big truth we learn is that Jesus is countering our proud attitudes. Mm-hmm. And the proud attitudes of the disciples. And the third one is he's reminding us to follow his example. So he's showing us his example. He's countering our proud attitudes and then beckoning us to follow in his example in this mm. way, in this really tangible way. So what are some um, application questions here? So here we go. Um, what are three ways you can better serve your spouse? I think that's a really tangible mm. one. What are three ways your husband how can you serve your wife your wife how can you serve your husband yeah as a reminder this comes from knowing your spouse because serving projectively so if i serve in ways that i want to be served it doesn't necessarily communicate (laughs) (laughs) to ryan the way i'm Mm. hoping for right so knowing my spouse knowing what would speak to them um and knowing that service again is 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 a humble trusting Mm. kind and 
somewhat dutiful act and that's okay and that's good and god's created it that way um how can i better serve you and maybe even ask your spouse i would say in those three ways like ask your spouse what are some ways that i can serve you better that's always a good thing to do is to ask the one somebody would ask me that (laughs) (laughs) oh my word there it is the hint i'm just you know dropping it i don't think that was a hint i think that left hint territory okay (laughs) It was a blatant <laughs> ass. Not happening, it sister. Was. <laughs> um, okay, I, you know what? If you're if you're wondering, you're still scratching your head. Just ask God to give you an, a, a heart of servanthood. Because mm. um, what will happen is you'll start to see and recognize different opportunities to serve your spouse, or you'll that, see how selfish and unserving you are. I think right? that's what God's done a, to me sometimes. A beautiful way of being sanctified. <laughs> yes, and there are oftentimes there were you see ways that weren't on either of your minds and how you can serve each other. So here's a really, again, this comes from our pursuit book, uh, husband in pursuit, wife in pursuit. Oh, you Um, say the act. There's an act associated with it. So one of the unique things about this book is that each day that you go through it, there is an action, an action of love in the name of pursuit. And so this one is if you're feeling particularly um, bold, husband, wife, if you're feeling like doing this, here it is. This evening, take the time to wash your spouse's feet. Have them sit in a comfortable chair, grab a bowl, grab some water and a towel, explain Jesus' example of servant leadership um, in this way, and how you're learning to pursue your spouse in the same way. All right? Mm. If you feel led, read John 13, verses 1 through 17. So, obviously, it would be great if if they reciprocate. And in the pursuit books, they're coordinated in a way that you would do this on the same day Mm. if you're doing the study together. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a bold one. It's a bold one. Yeah. It's a bold one. You want to wash my good. feet later? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't for Selena. Yes. This will be the ultimate act of. <laughs> we were just talking before we hit record how Selena hates like bad smells, <laughs> and, and I cannot Ryan stand hates loud noises. I can't stand and tapping stray consistent. noises, like, like just noise. Ugh, cannot stand <laughs> it. <laughs> and so, for Selena to wash someone's feet, I think is particularly. Uh, service (laughs) (laughs) there's the words nailed it anyway uh i've been talking a lot so do you want to pray for us no thank you for talking i've been low on words today Mm -hmm. but um sure okay um jesus you are so good in showing us and teaching us in um giving us your example and maintaining your authority through it all you do not acquiesce to our standards but you Mm. come to us and you show us the better way lord i pray that we would embrace you embrace your way help us to commune with each other god in light of the gospel help us to get to pursue each other through service show us the way Mm. in your name amen amen all right, folks, we hope this episode has been helpful for you. Um, as we mentioned earlier, if you want to be a part of all that's happening through Fierce Marriage and now Fierce Parenting, which mm. there's lots coming down the pipeline oh, in man. that regard. Buckle um, up. So keeping us very busy. <laughs> um, you can do that by joining on patreon.com slash fierce marriage. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash fierce marriage. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Of course, pray, pray about it, and mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to partner with you. Yeah. Other than that, uh, this has been a, a full and great episode. So this episode is... In the can. Thanks again. We'll see you in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. 
For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's a pleasure. Take care.